Hey everybody and welcome back to another exciting edition of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton and joining me as always are the brother, the Destructo Bros. What up y'all? It's Nate. Hey, what's up? It's Willie. Boys, we have a guest. What? We have a guest. Not only a guest, but a patron as well. And the man, the myth, the legend. He is under our Steam Machine Productions banner. You can find him over on YouTube at Team Retro, but we call him Mikhailov. Brother, how you doing tonight, man? What's up? Thanks for having me. Not a problem at all. Thank you for donating to the Patreon. Uh, You did the $20 or more tier to choose a game, and you chose our game this week but we will we'll touch on that here in a bit but i sir just wanted to thank you right up front for choosing a game that i've been meaning to beat for fucking <laughs> years <laughs> and now i did so yeah but before we get into that i'm i'm just stoked you found a logitech system you liked <laughs> yeah uh, so actually yes that's a that's a good idea willie plug your stuff up front before unless just in case i forget later dask but plug your stuff man oh me yeah you <laughs> oh you were you you said Willie you like totally like oh no I'm sorry I, I was like good eat? I was just trying to tell him good reminder because oh well yeah. see I'm already messing things up nah no nah, we're 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 a pretty scattershot group over here we're we're absolute professionals I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> a, a consummate professional we are incontinent I said we are incontinent professionals yes we're beef consomme professionals. <laughs> Yeah, so tell us about your Team Retro, what you got going on on YouTube, how do we get there, what do we need to know? So, I'm on uh, YouTube at Team Retro. Um, I have this unhealthy obsession with buying all these handhelds that play old games. And so it's kind of degraded into, let's take a handheld and let's find out just how many old games we could play on it. I really enjoy it, man. And the uh, the most recent video that you put up, uh, the Logitech or the G3? So unexpected, the G Cloud. G Cloud, dude. That thing, I was really impressed with how it was streaming some of the things that you were showcasing. Like, especially Genshin Impact. Like, that ran so nice. Yeah, because, like, I associate Logitech as a brand with, like, $20 keyboards you can <laughs> buy and, like, being the cheapest thing at Best Buy, you know? Yeah, like, this was... A handheld that nobody expected, nobody wanted, and all of a sudden, everybody loved it. That's wild. That's the thing that and, always impresses me, is like, the stuff that I see when you're streaming from your PC onto your handhelds. I'm like, I'm wondering if I could make one of those work laying in bed while the PC's running in the other room. <laughs> yeah, sweet. I mean, that's... I actually stopped using the Steam Deck and started using that thing to play Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> because it was just that much more nice. comfortable. Yeah, that screen's gorgeous too. Like it was very yeah. crisp. Yeah, I don't I don't know how a keyboard and mouse company pulled this off, but they pulled it off. It's impressive. I love the way you shoot the uh screen comparisons too. Like I didn't really have any I uh like you I watched your video on the Switch OLED, for instance, when that first came out, and like I had no idea what the difference between that and the regular handheld switch was gonna look like. And just that side by side comparison was really helpful for me. Like I'm not gonna get one because I don't play a lot of games in handheld mode, but like I could see why that would be a compelling difference for people. That's actually what I played Emilor on. Nice. nice. How did it run on Switch? I'm curious. Surprisingly good. 
And actually, talk about the OLED. The thing looked beautiful on the OLED screen. Oh, I bet. I bet. And then having that thing handheld and being able to play it wherever is is always nice. I tried playing it on the Steam Deck, and it just kept crashing. I have no idea why. Hmm. Unfortunately, I think it's like one of those games that it's not super popular. So it's probably not high up on the list of things to make sure it's compatible and good to go. Like, I don't even know if the re-reckoning really brought in that many new fans to the series, unfortunately. Well, the thing about Steam Deck, too, is, like, it's not everything is Steam Deck compatible. Like, when Sonic Frontiers launched, it was not Steam Deck compatible. <laughs> so, Steam Deck's a weird system, but it's interesting. I would it's, definitely like to have one. It's interesting. It's a, it's a chonky boy. Yeah, how's the battery life on that thing? I don't remember. I watched your video on it, but I cannot remember. It varies depending on what you're playing. Um, I can get Final Fantasy XIV for about four hours, but if I were to play, say, Spider-Man, 90 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm, wow. Yikes. Or, that makes sense. And if I were to throw, like, an old NES game, that thing will never die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's... 90s rough though that makes it sound like the old game gear that would like chew through four double a batteries in the course of like 60 minutes you know my dad bought me an ac adapter for my game gear when i was a kid because he was sick of buying double a's <laughs> i feel like if you didn't have the ac adapter your game gear basically wasn't getting no, played not at all yeah i definitely had the ac adapter for mine and one of my favorite show. memories about the game gear was i had a copy of mighty Morphin power rangers the movie and that nice. game had a, I had that a music too. test mode. And the music test mode had Game Gear digitized versions of all of the songs from the Power Ranger show. Nice. And so I would plug it in, go into that game test mode, put on a song, and then walk over to a table and play with my Power Rangers toys. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. That's that's actually really fun. I love that. That's what's up. Which that Power Ranger game. toys did you have? Uh, all of them. Do you remember? Because I always think about this one. I had these ones I had when I was a kid, or the little ones where, like, if you push the button, the head flipped over. So you went from yeah. like having Jason to the Red Ranger, even though the only thing that changed was the head. Was the head? Yeah, <laughs> I, I had those. Yeah. I had the blue and the Red Ranger. Yeah. So apparently, I had talked. I actually met Walter Jones uh, a few years back. Nice. And he actually told me that. One of his favorite things to do was just sit in his living room and just take that figure, which apparently, like, Bandai sent him, and he would just sit there and just flip the head and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I mean, it was really good. It had a satisfying, like, snap it really to it. It was did. like a switchblade of switch heads. Switchblade of heads. <laughs> and if you was... really knew what you were doing, you could switch the heads. Oh, that's that's advanced technology. I did not mess with that, but that's actually so kind of awesome. You can make Kimberly the Black Ranger. Mm-hmm. Well, you can make her helmet the Black Ranger. No, I'm sorry, it would be her no, no, no. You pink. could you could do like the body of the Pink Ranger, but like the head of the Black Ranger. Yeah, interesting. It'd be like, why is she just wearing a motorcycle helmet? <laughs> Weird. I don't know. Um, how did we go from handhelds to the Power Rangers toys? That's just how we do on this show. Hell yeah. I suppose. Via way of via way of the Power Rangers, the movie video game, via way of Game Gear, via way of handheld systems, via way of battery life discussion. <laughs> While we're on Power Rangers, R.I.P. Jason Dave Frank. Oh, Jason yeah. Dave Frank, the player Tommy Sad. Oliver. Yeah. 
Yeah, very sad. Very sad. It's really sad. Um, Big fan. You know the whole Green Ranger thing. We had those episodes on tape, and like we would watch those sometimes before school if we didn't really like the episode of Sailor Moon and Samurai Pizza Cats that was on that morning. Samurai Pizza Cats. You're leaving out Ronin Warriors. Man, Running Warriors was something, too. I just remember exactly 6 o'clock right before we were going to school. They had a block of... It was Sailor Moon and then Samurai Pizza Cats. Has anyone um, ever tried to watch an episode of Power Rangers now? Yes. Yes. And <clears throat> what's funny is we had this discussion on YesPod this week, but I'm more than welcome to, or more than happy to talk about it again. I, as a kid, never realized the intercut footage, right? Now... As an adult, going back and watching it, it's really jarring to go from like 90s, late 90s, mid 90s stuff to stuff that was absolutely Japanese 80s stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Super Sentai footage of them actually fighting. And then Rita Repulsa would come out. And I remember her as a kid, you know, oh, I'm released. I'm here to get the Power Rangers. Blah. And I never noticed as a kid how badly it did not sync up with what her mouth was doing. Like, yeah. it is not a good dub. <laughs> that's also her hair. It's not a hat. Is it? Yeah, that's her hair. It's wild. <laughs> oh, fuck. What? I always thought that that was a big hat that she had on. So did I, until <laughs> my mind was blown. I, You know, and this is, this is something I had a conversation with Jeremy about. I was like, I would, I would like to go back and watch some of the later Power Rangers seasons that I just kind of grew out of. Like the Dino Rangers yeah. Or you know, and all that stuff when they when they did, I just think it would be cool because I know that. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah, it's 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 gray hair that's just twisted with some leather bands surrounding it, but it is absolutely hair that's being pulled into two horns. Weird. I don't think I ever knew to notice that. I always read it as a hat. And then you had Ivan Ooze selling lean to kids. Ivan Ooze from the movie, yeah. I quote: Ivan Ooze was the th- the third main villain after. Lord Zed was the second one. I quote Ivan Ooze every day, just because I'm a high school teacher. <laughs> Dude, the, uh, I used to have a little plushie of Zed. I loved that motherfucker. He was so cool looking to me. <laughs> That's like, sad that they butchered his ass. character when they brought Rita back. Oh, yeah, because they had to reunite him and have him like... Uh, yeah, he just went from being this like badass to being like comedy. It just it didn't fit. That's what Goldar was for. He's got a fucking knucklehead. No, Goldar was like the proud warrior. It was funny that he was so badass. Yeah, and then when all that went down, Goldar was the it was only the, it was one. a little the little blue idiot that was like the Oof. the comedy relief. Oh yeah, the the two the two like I don't know what you would call them the the little like troll things, scratching grounder basically. Yeah. Yes, but then like Goldar was the only one who was actually saw how ridiculous everything was when Rita came back. God, this show owned. Damn, this is bringing my memories back. Like, the fact that I have opinions about Rita Repulsa's henchmen. That's so funny. What? Henchmen. Oh, I thought you said henchmen. And I was like, what is henchmen? <laughs> yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. Sorry. It's probably uh, it's why they call this stuff dope. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Megan, if you're listening, by the way, we should totally watch some Power Rangers. <laughs> 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 like, I'm down. That's like uh, so, uh, Mikhail. I'll have to I'll have to send you this song so you can get the the reference. But you two, that fucking War King song, Gladiator, the chorus. I am Gladiator, 
king oh, of yeah, the burning really sands. Sound... I'm like, that sounds just fucking like I go go power. Rangers. There's no way that was unintentional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just hoping one of those day, one of these days, you make a YouTube video of you just playing the Power Rangers theme on your guitar. I could do that. It does have a pretty dub shred part, especially if you do that like whole extended version, I know. like the one from. The I know movie. that shred part. It's all taps. Yeah, it is literally just. And it's fun as fuck. <clears throat> That's one of the funner riffs I know how to play. Is the Power Rangers theme? <laughs> like, it's really good. I remember LimeWire used to have this version floating around that said it was by Buckethead, but I don't know if it actually was or not. Probably not. It was LimeWire. That was probably the that was probably the extended version from the movie. It was the one that had like the verse. It's like they've got a power and a force that you've never seen before. Yeah. Yeah. That that was the version from the soundtrack to the movie. I feel like there was just a lot of tracks on LimeWire and after back in the day that people just said we're about Buckethead to get more people to download it. <laughs> oh yeah, or like that one Legend of Zelda song that was definitely by System of a Down that didn't sound anything like System of a Down except they had an accent. <laughs> Dude, I remember downloading uh, what I thought was Backcountry by Avenged Sevenfold and it was actually On Wings of Lead by Bleeding Through and if you've never heard Bleeding Through they're way heavier than Avenged Sevenfold <laughs> so it's just really random uh, I also remember downloading some Weird Al songs that ended up being some weird racist songs that I knew weren't Weird Al because like Weird Al just oh my god that. I'm imagining like someone labeling like David Allen Co. Triple X stuff as if it was Weird Al <laughs> pretty, much. pretty much also it said that uh, it was ICP doing Marijuanaville, which for all intents and purposes, the dudes singing Marijuanaville actually do sound like Violin J and Shaggy when they're just doing normal voices, but it, I don't even know. It was like, I don't even know. I think it was some comedian who did that. Oh my God. I actually do remember one from that day, which is we had a song we downloaded that was called Hunger that was supposedly a Metallica and Megadeth like crossover or whatever. And it was just some Christian metal <laughs> band that like kind of vaguely sounded a little bit like one of them. Did you guys ever download the songs and it would just be, I did not have sexual re- relations with that woman. <laughs> and that was all it was. That was apparently a common prank. I never got that one. Before the days of the Rickroll, there was the Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> you just got Bill rolled. <laughs> you got lewinsky Zing. Dick jokes. <laughs> Cigar roll. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, go check out Team Retrogo on YouTube. Por favor. Yeah, it was, really? it was a roundabout way of saying, definitely check out those YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> that was great promotion. <laughs> oh, man. Willie, what you been up to these past two weeks? Uh, uh. <laughs> That's fair. I, I pass for now. If I remember something, I'll, I'll say okay, it. I'm going to save Nate for last because he's got the most to talk about, I'm going to assume. <laughs> So, I... Oh, wait, no, I do have well, I do have one, but it might be one that Nate was going to talk about, but I'll go ahead and bring it up. It, it's definitely a Nate-related thing. I finally got Nate playing a more recent Idol game. Oh, yeah. So, we've got him downloading and playing the game NGU Idol. Yeah, thanks for sucking away hours of my life that I could have been using to play anything else, <laughs> but I wouldn't have. So, it actually just fills up the void of time that I did not know what I would do with otherwise. Ever since fucking Dave pointed out to me that NGU Idol can be rearranged into the word indulge, that's all I can fucking think about when I see NGU Idol. I just think indulge. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But like, that's a good It's been pretty fun yeah. playing through that and just seeing my number go up. 
Hey, have you ever played that, Michelob? No, this is a phone game? No. It's a free game available on Steam. Oh, okay. And it's just a clicker, kind of. A clicker and a waiter. That's kind of in the style... It's kind of in the style of those clicker games, but it's like a little bit more in depth. Like there's a whole bunch of interacting mechanics, basically, and it, it has more of a sense of humor than a lot of the ones that it's came very before funny. it did. That's the reason I stuck with it, and I got like I'm like like 900 hours into it or whatever. All but right. let me tell you, I leave. I used to leave that game running for like days at and a time. And just let it be idle. Yeah. yeah, and just let it be idle. Yeah. Like the, the numbers name. go up idly. <laughs> <laughs> um. That's NGU idle, which for numbers go up, idle. Yep. yep. And uh, I meant to download and play the second one. I just never did. NGU Industries, it's it's not that great. He kind of abandoned that one, and he's working on a more of a proper sequel that apparently is going to have battle elements that are inspired by Mega Man Battle Network. Interesting. That sounds involved. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a really good Mega Man joke, Nate. Mega Man 8. <laughs> Dalton, what have you been up to, Dalton? Tell us about your week. You stupid oh, bastard. Um, <laughs> the past two weeks, man, I have just been this show sucks. Work, working <laughs> and working. And then, like, I will say I've been lucky. Like, Megan's been here the past two weekends. That's been pretty sweet. Nice. And, like, I just want to say again, I think I brought this up. Um, this might have just been us having a conversation. But, like, it's so nice to, like, have a, a, a girl that's over now who's, like, play your game that you need to do for the show. I want to sit and watch you play <laughs> instead of why are you playing video games? Cause that's what I used to get. Like, why are you just sitting there playing video games? And it's like, uh, well, because you're watching this Futurama episode for the 12th time. And I just figured I'd play some Octopath trap for it. all <laughs> <laughs> on my switch. By the way, something I've noticed about Octopath Traveler the, this week, I don't know if that means anything or not, but Octopath, like I looked up the, the Katakana for it and it's Okutopasu. Which is exactly the same way as you would say octopus if you were spelling out the English word in Japanese. So I don't know if there's like a pun there that just didn't translate it's or octopus what. Octopus is traveler in the shade. That's my favorite Ringo Starr That's song. so good. Octopus's Garden, so good. It, it's actually good. People say Ringo's song sucks, but I actually like that song. I like that one. And then he's got the, the they're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star out of me. They're going to demonetize this podcast, but we don't make money. <laughs> Subscribe on Patreon and pay me. So say you make at least 20 bucks a month. Yes. <laughs> yes, and we do appreciate that very much. Um, hey, it either goes to you or to some weird handheld, so. <laughs> Just as long as um, you're wasting your money one way or the other, right? <laughs> it's got to go somewhere. I have. Oh, yeah, gamer. <laughs> I have started playing. The Sims 4 again. Uh, rip. And it's been fun so far. Um, I got all my mods installed. So I need to get my dude a bag of weed. <laughs> um, and so, of course, <clears throat> and if uh, if Chandra's listening, she'll know all about this. So I went to Wicked Whims and got Wicked Whims, which is the uh, basically the sex main f- uh, frame work that you need for uh, your Sims to actually do it. <laughs> So anyway, it, what's fun about it is that it adds a few things. For some reason, the the drug mod that I have adds dust to your house. <laughs> so like, you have to worry about dust and vacuuming, and you can buy um, like little Roombas, and they'll just like zoom around the house and stuff. Um, but then the sex mod adds peeping toms. 
<laughs> so like your sim will just be like sitting chilling on the computer like playing and all of a sudden this person will just come up and just like peep in your window God. and you gotta go out there and be like get off my lawn and they'll run away <laughs> <laughs> they're actually looking at the Roomba yeah. <laughs> yeah they're like god look at that thing just crawling around yeah <laughs> I wanna go PS1 Toomba on that Roomba god <laughs> <laughs> If that was a Tomb Raider joke, doesn't she explode? <laughs> That's true. No, actually, that was a Tomba joke. But Tomb Raider, but with a Roomba. With a Roomba. A Roomba. A Roomba. It would be, uh, what would it be? Roomba Tater. So if you just take a Roomba and put a potato on top, it'd be like the opposite. I don't fucking know what the fuck I'm talking about right now. Nate, how was your week, man? Yeah, man. It's, it's been week. It's been weekly. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's been a long day. It's yeah, been a long yeah. day. So, most of my time has been spent between either Kingdoms of Amalur or two new release video games that both came out at just the time where I needed to put a lot of hours into Kingdom of Amalur. But, <laughs> but the first one was Sonic Frontiers, which I know I touched on a little bit last time we recorded. And I ended up beating that game twice and 100%ing it on Steam. <laughs> boy. Yeah, it, I, dude, the game's just great. Like, it's a real... like I, It's hard to figure out what, like, Sonic game to compare it to because, to me, it outshines the rest of the 3D Sonics and that I don't care what you think Adventure 1 or Adventure 2 stands. Like, Sonic Frontiers is a better video game. <laughs> As it should be. Like, it, it's... To me, like, for a Sonic fan, it's a fantastic game. It's a fantastic Sonic game, and it's a really good video game, period. Like, I think there's just a lot to it. And it's a lot of fun. So pick it up if you get a chance. Now, the other one that also came out, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. And I have been pumping hours into that since it came out as well. I've got six gym badges, all the Titan Damn. badges, like, all this kind of crazy stuff in the game. It is Finding new Pokemon and building your team is just a joy and a blast. And it's like one of my favorite parts of these games. And they've really done a good job of giving you plenty of options. And even putting some familiar ones in from the older generations. And then surprising you when you get a surprise evolution to a Gen 1 Pokemon that you didn't expect. So... Apparently people regard that kind of thing as spoilers. So I guess we shouldn't say the explicit one that it was. But there was a Gen 1 Pokemon that got a new evolution that you showed me. And I was absolutely delighted. I I only read about it. But dude, I'm like, what? Yeah, buddy. Yeah. I've only seen pictures, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And yeah, amazing. Yeah. I'm glad everybody's feeling that way because I was super jazzed (laughs) when I got it. I was like, what? (laughs) This isn't a spoiler because it was in the trailers, but... My boy Girafferig. Oh yeah. Got an Evo. Yeah. Now the neck is nice. even longer. <laughs> I, I that's just a great design. I never quite understood like the whole thing with Girafferig. I just thought it was cool, but the Evo just it took everything I already liked and just made it better. Who would win in a neck fight? Alolan Executor or the Girafferig Evolution? Ooh. We'll tell you next Ooh. next week. Next week, I see what you did there. That's cute. We, we gotta take a. This show sucks. We gotta take a bite out of Nate's humor. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even record weekly, so. <laughs> what is next? Is next week when they're giving the the Pokemon Home update? I don't know. Or are you just saying? Are you just making a joke? No, I was just making a March joke about next. Oh, okay. Sorry. He's just being a real piece of work. 
<laughs> you worded that very nicely. Normally, Willie would be like, Nate, you absolute piece of shit. I hate you. <laughs> Not, the, the fact that I didn't cuss is supposed to make him feel worse about no, it. Know, the funny part is I heard <laughs> eggs, not neck. So I thought he was talking about executor. I heard eggs too. Negs, we... Yeah, that's what I heard. Wow. Double pun unintentional. Look at me. Like, I'm just crushing it. Anyway. (laughs) So, what game did we play this time, fellers? I think we played Kingdoms of Amalur. Ready to jump into the O-dubs? Oh, what? Sorry, what? We played... I thought we were just supposed to watch the movie Amelie. Yeah, Don, why don't we just get into that um, obligatory Wikipedia bullshit i can do that man so this past two weeks we played at the request of team retro here kingdoms amalur reckoning and that is a 2012 action role-playing video game for microsoft windows playstation 3 and xbox 360 developed by big huge games and 38 studios who also published the game uh with electronic arts it was the only game released by 38 Studios before they filed for bankruptcy. So, Rip. quick side note. 38 Studios was uh, started by Major League Baseball player Kurt Schilling, and it was named after his jersey number. Um, and I guess there was some controversy with him um, that if you'd like to know about, go look it up. Because it's... <clears throat> it has to do with this, but it's a, a deep rabbit hole to go down, apparently. But the uh, he continued to be a real piece of work <laughs> after this game. Guy sucks. Not a fan. But um, great baseball player. But as a human being, I would like to kick him in the teeth and butthole at the same time with one <laughs> kick. Yeah. Uh, but Ken Ralston was this game's executive designer. R. A. Salvatore created the game universe and the lore and with Todd McFarlane working on the artwork and Grant Kirkhope created the musical score. That is an all-star cast. Such a, it's crazy. Yeah, it's such a crazy dream team and yet this game gets like, like it has no impact on the public culture. People do not remember this whatsoever. And that's that's wild considering the names you just said. Like Kirk, Grant, uh, Kirk Grant Hope, or Grant Kirkhope, not Kirk Grant Hope. <laughs> I'm just making people up now. Like, famous composer, Rare Software, a lot of their greatest games, including Donkey Kong Country and all of that. Uh, Todd, uh, Todd McFarlane, famous for, the you know, Spawn and creating a lot of the 90s underground, or not underground, but alternative comics to Marvel and DC. And then R.A. Salvatore, like, one of the fine fa- uh, fantasy epic authors of our time. Like, this seems like a can't-miss prospect. You've loaded this bar up with talent. Like, how are we going to miss? So this game was overlooked uh, basically because it was 2012 when it came out uh, and everyone was still super duper all over uh, that game that came out 11-11-11, which was Skyrim. So like this was up competing against the Elder Scrolls and it's kind of hard to compete with the Elder Scrolls. But um, there is some interesting facts that I'll get into in here in just a second. But on September 6th, 2018 the rights for the series were purchased by thq nordic who released kingdoms of amalur re-reckoning which is that the version we all played yeah yeah yes which is a remaster of the game uh on september 8th 2020 for microsoft windows playstation 4 and xbox one a nintendo switch version was released on march march 16th 2021 and in early december 2021 
It was announced that the game would receive its third DLC expansion entitled Fatesworn, just shy of the original game's 10th anniversary. So, <clears throat> my little fun fact that I learned about this game was that there was a there was Kingdoms of Amalur and then there was a Project Copernicus. And Project Copernicus was supposed to be an MMO set in the world that was created for Amalur. And R.A. Salvatore created, like I said, created the universe and the lore. Uh, he wrote a 10,000-year backstory for this world. Like, that's some serious fucking lore. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> it was all because uh, Copernicus was going to be this big MMO and uh, unfortunately, this game didn't do very well because of the competition. Uh, it bankrupted and just killed the studio. And the studio ended up shutting down. This is the only game they ever did. And honestly, for the longest time, and I'm just going to speak from the person who played it as on the PS3. Like, for the longest time, I thought that this game was super underrated. And even with Re-Reckoning come out, I still think it's underrated. Like, and uh, yeah, anyways. So I just think it's really cool that, like, they took the time to put that much effort into the lore only because I'm a big lore buff, you know? So my question to you gentlemen, first and foremost, what were your first thoughts? Let's go with our guest first, Mikhailov. What were your first thoughts going into this? So it took a little bit to rope me in. Um, just because I don't know that it necessarily aged all that well, but then as soon as the world opens up, you start getting quest after quest after quest, and every single NPC that you talk to has depth. Like, they have this well-developed character to them that makes them compelling. And it's not just, like, one or two that are like that, it's most of them. Like, anybody who has a quest has a story. Yeah. And that, combined with the combat, finally, like, roped me in. So, at first, I, I didn't know that I was going to actually get all that far. And then I just found myself playing it. And finding myself, when I had the option to play something else, still going back to Amalur. Yeah, I can agree with that. Did it help break I, that cycle of Final Fantasy fourteen for you? Oh, listen, I still <laughs> I still have a co-worker that's pushing me to, to play that game some more. I had to tell him that I needed to take a break always healthy to take breaks i think they even tell you that on loading screens <laughs> and the funny thing is is he's just plowing through the story he's i, I think he's on Shadowbringers right now and he just wants so badly to talk to me about it and i'm just like i have a backlog dude like if i sit and play Final Fantasy 14 it will be the only game i play for years i i quit final fantasy 14 for the benefit of this show because there would be weeks that I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck, I played Final Fantasy XIV for five out of the seven days that I had to play our game of the week. So. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so, Nate, what about you? What was your first thoughts going in? Yeah, one thing I think the game, right out of the gate, did immediately really well was the whole opening sequence of the game. It drops you in, you get to be reborn and create your character basically from there. And then it starts taking you through this nice little tutorial section where at first it gives you like a great sword or whatever to start fighting people with. Then it gives you a staff to start playing fighting with and then gives you knives to start fighting with. Immediately letting you try out all these different battle styles before you get to the Fate Weaver to decide what your battle style is going to be. So I thought that was a really interesting way to go about it because 
just it throwing all the different weapons at you and letting you get a feel for how they all felt. That really influenced what class I decided to play, because going into the game, I immediately would think, I'm going to be big, strong, dumb boy, one brain cell. But instead, <laughs> after playing a little bit, I had a different opinion on the style I wanted to play. So, I really like that about it. I think it looks pretty cool going in. Like, the areas around and everything has a nice look to it. Like you said, it is a little dated or whatever, but that never really bothers me in a game. But the one thing I thought was really great was the amount of movement you actually have in combat. It feels like you're doing something. You're not standing still, hitting yeah. the button, just doing that over and over, like in certain series by Bethesda. Um, but <laughs> 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 So, no, I, I, first impressions were really positive. I was like, this is a really cool game. Okay, okay. And Willie, what about you, bud? I couldn't believe that the first living NPC you meet was named Incel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. <clears throat> Megan was watching me play on on Discord, and I was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, this guy's name is Incel." She's like, "Really? <laughs> yep." <laughs> I mean, it's uh, we'll give him this. It's spelled differently, but it is. Yeah, it's Incel, not Incel, but it's it's close it's enough. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, the word didn't even exist at this point in time. It's just a very funny coincidence, but it is a very funny coincidence. And if I'm not going to chuckle at this, when do I get to get my chuckles? But yeah, no, I, I've had, I had a similar feeling where I thought they did a good job of setting up uh, your choice right out of the gate of like, you know, you've just woken up and yet now you have, you know, pick your weapon style, pick how you're going to, uh, you know, fight things. And um, I, don't, I think it did a, a good job of even uh, like giving you some of the themes really early on. The one thing is, because it starts you off with all these gnomes and shit, like, I did get this weird, like, World of Warcraft-y vibe to it really early on. Yeah. Like, I did play the World of Warcraft demo once, and I played as a gnome, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm back in World of Warcraft. What's funny about that is, uh, I, I might have mentioned this to y'all off-air during the Patreon or whatever, but, like, one of the videos that I watched on this was <clears throat> said that it reminded the, the guy a lot of, like, Fable meets World of Warcraft. I got a lot of uh, Fable vibes off of this game, too, but I'd say it was closer to Fable and Skyrim for me. I can see that. So, um, my first impressions with the game were back on PS3. And let me tell you, playing this back when it came out, this was a good fucking game. You know? Um, And, like, I've always been partial to the art style. I really like that cartoony, really fantasy-heavy vibe. And, I mean, it's one word, but I'm going to say I got two words for you bioluminescence <laughs> it's everywhere in yeah. this game and it's fucking wonderful because that that really just like screams fantasy vibe when you're running through a forest and there's just like some plants that are just glowing you know what i mean like you're not going to see that shit in real life but in a fantasy world you might so it's just it draws me in that kind of thing yeah, there was even something really early on where you're walking through the starting cave and, like, one of the reasons they can tell you're something else is because, like, these, like, mushrooms that don't really respond to anything except magic energy all of a sudden start blooming up and blo- glowing at you, basically. Yeah, when you run through those patches of them and they all just and light up. That's so cool. Yeah, it's very satisfying. Yeah, and then... uh like you mentioned, and we'll, we'll talk about this more in a bit, I'm sure, or, or we can get into it now after, you know, first impressions are wrapped up. But, like, the combat is brilliant. It's so good. Um, 
and I guess we can use that into leading into like what was everybody's build because I don't think we need to go story heavy quests and stuff because that would take too fucking long for this game so maybe we'll touch on some if we ran into some good quests or funny quests but like what was your what was your go-to like character build Nate I know you already touched on that you didn't like being the big strong boy like you thought Yes. So, so like my character, I can't remember exactly which race it was. It was one of the human ones. It was, I think it was the Varani, but I'm not absolutely sure on that. But instead of going for a big beefy boy, I went for a pure finesse build, like just a rogue. So my character, I only used the daggers and fey blades. I wasn't about the ranged attacks because I didn't enjoy the bows. So it was just fey blades and daggers all the way around. And I just loved, loved, loved like the, and this is what I learned from the tutorials, how much I just loved sneaking up on people without them seeing me and slicing them and just one hit killing them. So good. Yeah. Satisfying as fuck. (laughs) Has this awesome cutscene. I I wanted to point out before we got any further that the stats, there are three main stats when you level up in the game that are all options. It's a finesse, might, and I magic or something like that uh and finesse is the uh the speed dexterous stats it's kind of balanced between the two so that's what they like they just specifically speaking of something like uh technical when he says he took finesse yeah. might was your you know your swords your great swords your great hammers um finesse mm-hmm. was yeah dagger bow um fey bow. blade fey blade and yeah that's it and then the, the mage one was staff scepters and chakram yeah, and then of course other abilities too. Um, yeah, but it basically, if you took a, a if you took an ability level in one of those things, like if you took a level in finesse, you got about equal MP and HP. If you took a level in might, you got more HP. And if you took a level in the magic one, you got more MP. Yeah. Now, so you went straight finesse. Yeah, I put I just dumped all my stats right into finesse. Wow. So when you did leveling up, did you also put a lot into stealth? Yeah, I went to stealth, and then like leveling up my abilities with the knight, with the daggers and the fey blades, and then I gave myself one of the perk where if I used like a quarter of my magic bar, it would just have this constant poisoning effect. So whenever I hit something, it yeah. would do poison damage too. So I just had a lot of that going on. Okay, and uh, Mikla, what about you? What was your build? So I went half. Finesse, half sorcery. Sorcery, and that's what it is. Sorcery, sorcery was the third one. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. So, I had daggers and chakrams. And I found it really interesting that chakrams are the mage weapon. Because they're basically... Yeah, that was a strange They're choice. basically they're, they're round blades that you just throw and they come back to you. So, what I would end up doing is I would throw out Mark of Flame... And I would just have them catch fire, and then I would hit that off, they would stagger, and then I would go in and just either hit them with the chakrams, or I would hit them with the daggers. Uh, one problem I had with that build, and um, I would, uh, Nate and Willie saw this a little bit earlier when I was streaming the game, I was a glass cannon. Absolutely. So I had the same, I had the same poison blade perk. And I wouldn't use it because I also had Circle of Protection from Sorcery. And if I had them both going at the same time, I had absolutely no mana to spend. So I tended to only keep the the Circle of Protection up, and then I would just go from there. I think over time, I think I would get stronger, but it seemed like a difficult early game build. 
Yeah, I think that's something I also found too is I also used a two uh, stat build. I was using Might and Sorcery, so I was on the Battle Mage track. And I felt like I wish I had kind of went all in on one or the other, you know? Like, I mean, I was really enjoying my abilities. I especially loved the, uh, the replacement of the dodge roll with the blink teleport. That was really one of my cool. my favorite things in the game. My my uh, my final build didn't have that, but that's one of my favorite things in the game is the blink. It's so cool to me. But, like, I don't know. I felt like I was, you know, I was doing, like, I had to think a lot more than I felt like <laughs> I needed to in the combat. Like, I kind of almost wish I would have played it stupid and tried to make it, like a physical combat game instead of just like managing the cooldowns and the uh you know uh positioning of everything like i almost wish i could have just played fully reactively and tried to parry or dodge roll things and yeah the the thing with the mage is like they rely heavily on like the the magic they can cast but also like staffs as weapons and the Hmm. scepters and stuff because they cast spells as their attacks you know what i mean so like if you're if you have a, a gear that you know say all your gear boosts fire damage then you're going to want to absolutely have a fire staff as your main weapon because it's just going to do buku's more than normal if that makes any sense yeah and unfortunately i didn't have any like specific elemental boosts in a lot of my uh gear i did have like when i started the game i took the blessing that would give me more shock damage so i was kind of hoping i could get a lot more done with the shockwave spell than i actually could yeah, I think it has to make it hard, too, when you're playing a magic build and you're not using a staff, because if you're not using a staff, then you're kind of not getting your full potential as far as elemental damage and stuff goes. Yeah. Yeah. Staff um, animations in this game are phenomenal, by the way. Yeah, the way they twirl them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Send them out. Yeah, it's brilliant. I agree. Yeah, I really enjoyed using the staff early on. I just decided I wanted to play like this weird battle mage character, and then like later on, I was like, "Oh, I should have just gone all magey all the time." Yeah, I think if I were to try a second build, I would still stick to an all one stat build, but I might go mage this time too. But I still have a lot to do on the finesse build. I almost wonder if this game is designed in such a way where you're supposed to only focus on one in the early game, and then when you have more skill points than you know what to do with later on, then you go into the second one. That kind of makes sense. It does make sense, actually. So, I beat the game with... <clears throat> I, my class that I used was Tier 6, and it's called Universalist. <clears throat> okay, and I got it... For, That's literally the, the ultimate step. That's like you have everything leveled up to a certain Yeah, level, I have 37 right? in each. Wow. And uh, let me tell you, here's why I chose this as my thing, right? Plus 20% melee attack damage, plus 20% ranged attack damage, <laughs> plus 20% magic attack damage. Equip- equipment requirements reduced by 25%, plus 3 to all skills, plus 12 total damage resistance, 10% chance to critical hit, uh, plus 10% chance to critical hit, and mastery of arms unlocks all weapon mastery abilities. Okay, so when you were playing the game and go getting up to that point, what were you? What did you concentrate specifically on? Like, how did you get to there? Like, because obviously you didn't oh. just level everything up, or did you? One at a no, time. No. <laughs> no, yeah, I I started off um, with daggers and a longsword until I found chakrams, <clears throat> and then I was a dagger and chakrams boy until I found my first set of fey blades, and then I moved on to fey blades and chakrams, and that's basically what I used the rest of the game. Every now and then, I would switch out my fey blades for a long sword if it were 
better stats. But um, yeah. normally, um, well, go ahead. Honestly, I just really preferred the straight daggers over the Fey Blades in general. I felt like I was finding stronger daggers in the. Um, I liked the actual movement of the daggers better than Fey Blades. Well, so the Fey Blades that I used specifically were ones that I had crafted uh, at towards later on in the game, um, where I just stopped switching. because eventually i i like you get your blacksmithing good enough and your sage crafting good enough that like your crafting equipment and stuff once you find the right materials like base to start with you can make shit that's just miles better than anything that you'll find like so i used the ability that mikhailov brought up up with the uh you you activate it and it would just envenom every attack and make all your poison stuff do more and then the Fayblades that I created like had some serious poison stack damage. So I would go in and use those on creatures and start hitting them with that and get them all poisoned. And then I would roll out and pull out my chakrams, which had a bunch of like fire damage. And then I'd throw those and it would set them on fire. So they're burning and they're dealing with poison damage. And I had up, uh, like I said, the thing that made poison better. And then I would have like all my gear that would raise fire damage and stuff. So I was just like, it just got to the point where I was playing on hard and it felt like I was playing on easy mode. I could just melt things. It was insane. Unless it was like, you know, a boss or something. Then they gave me a little, a little trouble. Did you find that gear was easier to craft later on in the game? Like you were finding components a lot easier than in the early game? Yeah, yeah. Because eventually you start picking up so much gear that you don't know what to do with it all. So you start salvaging it, or at least that's what I would do: is go to the tables and salvage it, and it would give you components. So like when you start off, it's like, well, where the fuck am I going to find all these things to create this stuff? And then eventually you're like, you can craft anything that you want because you have all those components. Because those components don't have weight. So that's actually something I've really wanted to bring up too was the way that the uh, game's inventory system is laid out. It's like, unlike Skyrim where it's based on like how many kilograms each item weighs or whatever, basically each slot of an item, like if you have a unique item that takes up one of your 70 slots or whatever, but uh, components for crafting, uh, components for alchemy, and components for gem craft, none of those actually take up slots no matter how many you have. So like you can have as many like crocus flowers or whatever that's not what it was called but you know what i mean like as many of that one alchemy component as you could possibly carry so if you broke down that weapon you wouldn't be like breaking it down into a handle that's using up one inventory slot and a blade that's using up a second inventory slot you'd be using no inventory slots instead is that something that was present in the original game yeah Okay, I, I believe so. It was in the original game that stuff yeah. didn't take up your. Slot. So I wasn't aware that you could salvage weapons. So every time I just got a weapon, I would get as many as I could, take them to the store, and sell them. Uh, um, speaking of selling things, though, I, I'm curious. Did you guys? Did anybody end up being just like fucking rolling in gold? Not really. No. I had enough gold at one point that I could spend some on bonus levels for. What was the one random dude I ran into that had, like, levels for shit I'd never uh, got anything? Like, I think I got, like, levels from mercantilism off of some dude, because it was like, you know what, whatever. I've got, like, 12,000 gold, and this guy's selling it for 12,000 gold. Oh, man. But I was never, like, super rich. So, I spent 
I didn't spend. I sold all the, like, you bought this game, here's a bunch of gear, and mm. anything that wasn't for the class that I was using or that I wanted, I sold right off the bat because I tried to emptying that chest and then realized I have nowhere to put all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I ended up just selling it, and then I ended up with an abundance of money, and then I saw how much it cost to repair gear. That's right. Yeah. And I'm just like, like, I'm not paying for this. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, too, you had a wild high blacksmithing level, too. Like, I feel like buying repair kits and just fixing it yourself was always the right yeah. option for you, at least for your character. Absolutely. And then, uh, well, I can tell you, um, there was one point in the game where I was running around with about 600,000 gold in my pocket at all times. Um, by the end of the game, once my detect hidden skill was up, so like it would get, I would get like, I would loot something and it would be like 675 gold. 400 of this was from your detect hidden skill and shit like that, right? Yeah. yeah. So by the end of the game, I went and I loaded up after I beat the final boss and I went and I sold all of my named shit that I wasn't wearing because I'm like, I'm going into the DLCs now. All that shit's going to be better than the stuff that I'm already wearing. We sell it all. I now have, uh, I don't remember exactly how much over, but I have over 2 million gold. <laughs> it's like, I'll just be able to buy whatever I want. I'm becoming my D&D character where I was just like, how much does that cost? 1,000 gold? Here's 5,000. Make it happen. I don't want to ever have to talk to you again. Like That's what I used to do in D&D because we just had so much fucking gold from shenanigans that we got into. According to the exchange rate I have, I believe this is... A visual joke. That's one billion. That's one billion yen. You can buy the Millennium Tower. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, visual joke. I pulled out an actual abacus. I'll only Sorry. buy the Millennium Tower if the top of it opens up and I can fly out of it with the Millennium Falcon. Ooh. Yeah. Nerd jokes. So, do you guys have any like quests or anything that stood out to you? Things that you can remember that were, uh, for lack of a better word, memorable. <laughs> Oh, yeah. (laughs) Probably the worst quest in the game. So I took on a traveler's side quest to get these boots from this elf. Turns out that this quest is horribly, horribly glitched. (laughs) And so I accepted this quest at level five. And I went in and I... No matter what you do, you have to fight. I mean, like, you'll pass a persuasion check, but he'll just, like, give you a necklace or something. And come to find out... And then still fight. Oh, yeah. He's like, here's a necklace. Like, oh, you, you know, you're right. These these boots are cursed. But you know what? I like them. Congrats to you on figuring this out. Here's, here's some loot. Let's throw hands. <laughs> um, so the fight is designed. And the, the, the thing that he gives you increases your ranged damage so the fight is designed that you're supposed to fight him with ranged attacks because the second he gets close any damage that you do is resisted and does almost nothing to him or does nothing to him when you're like level five and so you're supposed to get him with ranged attacks or spells and then get out of the way come to find out that you do that for a little bit and then his health goes down to a certain point and he's like, he disappears and he's like, come further into my lair. If you hit him with a ranged attack to trigger that dialogue, he disappears. (laughs) 
and the only way to beat him is to reload your save and only use melee attacks, which he resists. And if he gets close enough, he will one or two shot you. I'm glad I didn't really fuck with the travelers were the ones in the star camp, right? Yes. Yeah, I didn't fuck with them. They wanted me to go steal stuff and I wasn't a stealthy boy. Once I'd gotten past that, though, like, nothing else in the game was like that. It was just a super glitched quest. I, while we're talking about glitches, let me mention one real quick, and then I'll bring up uh, my quest. But, like, so, I I was walking by somebody, and they were looking, like, looking at me as I was walking by, and I clicked A to talk to them as I walked behind them, and their head just turned all the way around, (laughs) like... And then their body went and turned, and then they started the cutscene, and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" And Megan, Megan, like, was watching me play, but I don't think she saw it. And I was just like, Dude, "That guy's head just twisted all the way around, Exorcist style." What the fuck was that? <laughs> but I only ever saw like little things like that. I never actually got any bug quest, but that's wild. Um, the the memorable quest to me is one that I still remember from when I was younger, and even to now, is very early on. You come across this dude kind of like hobbling mm-hmm. down the road and you talk and two you talk legs, to him, ah, two legs. Yep. I need you to help me. I need you to help me. So you uh, turns out this dude is a wolf who has been cursed and turned into a human and he is just like in pain and you, what you had you have to go find this magical well, but this magical well, <clears throat> I don't know if this happened to you guys. It happened to me twice. As you approach it, sometimes will just fucking vanish if you don't get there quick enough. You know what it, I did? It moves from spot to spot. What? I just stood in the same spot that I saw it at once and waited for it to come back. I did the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> I did not. Know that was yeah, I didn't realize that was an option either. I chased that motherfucker around till I finally. That's got funny. Like now, I just like I realized that's what it was doing. It was just going from spot to spot, and like it felt like it was on a timer. So I just stood in one spot and waited for the well to reappear and. Lo and behold, it came back. <laughs> oh, well, hell yeah. And, but then you, you help him, and then he turns back into a wolf and runs away and doesn't try to fight you or anything, which I thought was cool. He was like, the wolves will heal of your bravery, sir. <laughs> yeah, and still try to kill you. They're like, yeah, we're wolves. We don't care. Yeah. Um, one I really liked was also kind of, because I, I did that one pretty early in the game, too. But one I liked was pretty early, too, was just like going to that town and saving them from the spiders. And then you had to find this elf. Mm-hmm. Or Faye, excuse me, that was like the widow, the yeah, widow. that was making the spiders like come up with strategies to kill people. <laughs> I thought that was a really interesting quest. And then your reward for that is you get a freaking house. Like, yeah, I'll kill some spiders for a house. Let's do it. <laughs> I have to tell you guys. So <clears throat> both of you had brought that up. And I was like, where the fuck did y'all get a house at? How did I miss this? And you're like. It, all you told me was it's in the town with the spiders. I'm like, I haven't been to a town with spiders. What the fuck are they talking? So I'm I'm on Discord with Megan and I'm looking at the map and I felt like the biggest fucking idiot because I'm looking around the map and I'm like, where would the town with spiders be? Oh, it's probably in this place called maybe the place called Webwood. <laughs> oh, there's a place called Webwood that I haven't been to. And she just goes, Yeah, I bet it's there. How did you like, miss Webwood? Though? <laughs> like, I feel like the game funneled you there. I guess I just routed it, dude. I don't know. Or if I did run through there, I just ran through it and didn't stop at the town and pick up that fa- that fast travel point or anything. Fun fact. I didn't know there was fast travel. I've ran every single place I've gone in the game. Really? Yeah. So when you pull oh up your God. map, if you, <clears throat> you're you on local map, if you hit the, I think, Y 
to bring up the world map, you can move around and hover different places you've been. As long as you've been there, you can fast travel there. I wish I'd have known that. That would have saved me a lot of running. <laughs> well, now if you go back, now you know how I got around the game so quickly. Okay. It was just, I fast traveled everywhere because I was like, I've seen most of this game before. Except the DLC, which I'm excited to get into, but I'm going to do that in my own time. Um, so, Willie, what about you? Do you have a standout quest? Uh, you know, I actually really enjoyed, um, like, I feel like one of the things I thought was really cool about this game in general was the fact that the side quests kind of poke their face in to the point where, like, you get the trailhead to the main quest and it leads you into a side quest. Like, uh, you're trying to meet, uh, what's her name? Alan Shearer in the Court of uh, Melodies. And, like, when you get there, it basically gives you the trailhead for the uh, Court of Melodies faction quest, for instance. Like, every time you show up in a new area, it, like, always basically gives you a, a new side quest. It's, like, so important to this area, you end up wanting to help. And uh, the one I thought was really interesting in that was uh, in uh, Dighton Hill, where you end up uh, helping them fight the uh, plague, basically. They call it the blood plague. It's a terrible respiratory condition that's, like, got, like, half of the able people there uh, unable to work and all that. And... Um, you end up being able to actually cure it and uh in you know this decade it is really cool to be able to single-handedly help end a horrible respiratory <laughs> plague <laughs> yeah that's true um yeah that's another one that i don't think i saw but dude the amount of side quests i know that there was one point in our in our uh show chat and i think even in the uh the chat in the discord uh we we were all on the same page of like dude we've just been doing side quests yeah there's just so many side quests and they're all good. And like there's very they don't there's very rarely a side quest that's like hey go here get this bring it back to me. And if there is, you still have to deal with something. You don't just go and pick something. It's like you're going to have to go and do a fight or something along those lines, but like I think like the writing in most of the quests was very good. Yeah. I agree. And like it's done in such a way that it makes you want to do the side quests too. Like they don't feel like fetch quests or chores. It's like yeah, this actually seems like something that could be fun. Let's go do it. And then there's good indication on the maps, like for map markers on where you should go to accomplish the task you've been given. Like, I just think it did a really good job of making side quests fun and not a chore. Um, I'll go ahead and say uh, a flip side of this too, though, is um, I feel like when I first got into it, for instance, one of the main threats of the first village you meet is a uh, bandit group called the Red Legion. And they tell you all these horror stories about like the boss of it, who's like, they almost basically intimate that he's a vampire, uh, like dead, like ittered the dead or something like that. Red ittered, something ridiculous like that. And you're like, oh, I'm going to definitely kick this guy's ass. And then you do end up just finding a mission in the first like eight hours of the game. You could just absolutely kill him. And then the red legion's still around for some reason. And it's like, well, what did I, I had do? that same thought? Cause I killed red and then I ran into one of his bandits and they were like, Oh, red's going to love when we bring you your head and bring him in, bring him your head or something like that. And I was just like, Oh, they haven't gotten the memo yet. Like your, yeah. your buddy's dead as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your shit's, your shit's busted. It's over. But no, they're still just hanging out in that forest. Like nothing happened. Look at me. I'm red now. So, like, th so there's one other quest I wanted to bring up. Did either of you guys help the uh, the dude in the church in the first place where he wanted you to go find the the, ki the guy who had wandered off? Yeah, I did that one. Yeah. So, like, I like how that quest is like you're helping the dude, and then he takes it back to go take it to his friends, and then they turned out to be uh, 
I guess bandits or thieves in some sort of way. They were just going to kill him and take the the thing. And then you coming in, they're like, oh, well, this throws a wrench into things. You end up having to fight him. And that makes him, you end up having to take him back to the, the city or whatever. And I don't know. That was just cool to me. It was like a, a little twist. And, and like, you don't always get twists like that in side quests. They're, I'm used to Bethesda side quests where they can be very cut and dry. Yeah. Like, and that's what I'm saying, too. Like, anytime that I say something positive about this game... And it sounds like it might be a subtle jab at Bethesda games. It is. <laughs> I feel like both me and Nate like missed like 10 to 15 years of computer RPGs. So a lot of the times, even when we're not explicitly saying, unlike in Skyrim, we're both kind of secretly thinking, this did something better than yeah. Skyrim did. Yeah. I think this game, to be honest, did a lot of things better than Skyrim did. I feel like the world felt like the geography was a lot more interesting for one thing. Like, even if it was just narrow passages from one place to another, at least there was, like, elevation changes. It wasn't just vast plains of yeah, nothing. Yeah, the one about this, too, is, like, it, this game feels a little bit more... Oh. It's not open world, as, like, Skyrim is. It's a little bit more linear places that you can go that are connected, but it doesn't feel like open world, like Skyrim. And the thing about that is every location is scenically very different from the location you were at before Mm. like i had just gotten to the desert and there's just a very obvious scene change unfortunately with that also becomes a difficulty spike so it's almost like they tied the scenery to oh hey i need to level up some more yeah yeah i felt like the desert was like extremely intimidating when i got there too like i didn't even get as far as you did and i think we played about the same number of hours i only got a little bit farther because i just ran away from most battles (laughs) or stealthed (laughs) i was just nope it's a straight not fighting it nope nope i'm just gonna go this way one thing that this game does that i really appreciate is like when you come upon like a new type of enemy that that isn't just your basic you know brownie or whatever like but when it's like one of the the bigger enemies they get like a i'll call it a quote-unquote cut scene like a short little intro where like they appear and they kind of and then you're in the fight with them or whatever and usually the first one they just throw one at you and then they might in later fights throw some more at you like there were times that i had like two banshee i'll call them banshees i think they were like laches or something like that um, like two of them, like four wolves and like three brownies coming at me at one time. And I was like, Jesus Christ. And then like a troll would show up and I'm like, why? <laughs> and like spoilers for you guys, uh, much later in the game, there's a part <clears throat> like when you get towards the end, it's very, very like you're just running down a path getting towards the end, but they just keep throwing enemies at you. And there's this point where they throw like four prismere trolls at you. And Lord, oh. you better hope you have some fucking fate or else you're going to have a hell of a time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just, I don't know. Like combat in this game too, again, super fluid. And just, I really like this game a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like cause one of the things that made, like I joked about the stiff combat in Skyrim before. Like this game makes you feel like you're actually an active participant in the combat. Like it has more like, I don't want to say it's quite like it, but more like warriors type game slash beat em up combat where you're actually actively doing things and not just pressing R until the enemy dies. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing too, before I forget, I meant to, I meant to mention this a second ago and spaced it, but like Nate with your appreciation for like this being open world, but 
kind of linear at the same time and just seeing the different world spaces. I am excited for you to play Dragon Age. Yeah. Because Dragon Age is very much like that. Uh, there came there several times during like when I was playing this game, I was like, maybe I should install Dragon Age and see how that feels too. Because like you've mentioned that one quite a bit. And I was like, it would be nice to have a third point of reference. Because like as of right now, as far as like these um, RPGs that aren't JRPGs goes, like my biggest points of reference is really are now Skyrim in this game, TBH. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if you... So we need like... We need like Witcher. We need Dragon Age mm-hmm. and shit like yeah. that. You know. Oh yeah, The Witcher is The Witcher is like if you took the open worldness of Skyrim, but then like populated it. <laughs> and then uh, another series that I'm interested. Well, it's not a series. It's just one game. But I'm interested in y'all's take on it when we eventually get to it. And make a love if you haven't played it. I'd be interested in you too. Is a uh, Dragon's Dogma. I've actually and played it, that game. It's an RPG, but it is made by Capcom, and it is. It's really good. It doesn't hold your hand, but it's very good. Like if you go and look at the Steam reviews for it, I think we've had this conversation before. In retrospect, people are like, "Oh yeah, this game was Dark Souls before Dark Elden Souls." Elden Ring before Elden Ring. Yeah, that's right. Elden Ring before Elden Ring. Yeah, and that's it's kind of it's kind of true. <laughs> it's not as pretty as Elden Ring, but like it's definitely like you got to learn how to deal with each enemy type. You know, it's not it's not so much like Kingdoms of Amor where you can run in. And kind of just beat them up your way, and di- dip and dive around. Now, like in Dragon's Dogma, you like you're fighting a cyclops. You got to jump on him and climb up to his head and try to stab him in his eye and stuff. Like it's intense. Um, but anyway, sidetracking. I would uh, definitely, definitely looking forward to Dragon's Dogma at some time. Um, definitely looking forward to Dragon Age. There's so many dragon games. Yeah, Dragon Quest. <laughs> dragon Quest. Dragon Warrior. <gasps> I would actually liken Dragon's Dogma to Monster Hunter, except more than one monster is coming at you and it's an open world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can speak. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was, say, I was going to ask if y'all had any more thoughts about uh, Kingdom of Amalur. Uh, I always have one thing I was really curious about. I mean, you got all the way through it, Dalton, so you'd be the only one that could answer this. But, like, the game is really hammering on early on this concept of you being fateless, that you're, you know, rewriting history as you play. But so far, as far as I've gotten to the game, every dialogue tree, it's like, when someone talks to you, the choices are basically like, I don't know what that means, or, yeah, I'm pretty badass, aren't I? Like, I haven't felt like I've had any meaningful decisions. Do you end up actually getting meaningful decisions that affect the world later on, or does it kind of leave you on a path? Uh, it kind of just leads you on a path, in a way. Um, yeah. That's kind of what I figured it would do. Like, yeah. In the end, you end up fighting uh, spoilers, by the way. So, sorry for anyone who's listening and doesn't want to skip ahead, and but uh, without giving away like a ton. But you end up fighting Gadflow, which that's the... <laughs> That that's the big, big bad. Yeah, big His name is Gadflow. And you find out he's actually that you were resurrected for a purpose because Gadflow is trying to resurrect. Hold on, I have her name pulled up. Tiknar Tier- or Tiernock. something like that. Tiernock. And um, spoilers, he does resurrect Tiernock, and that's the final boss. Is you have to fight Tiernock, which is a giant fucking dragon-looking thing. And okay. yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it kind of pays off and it kind of doesn't. I can give you an answer more once I play through some of the DLC and maybe it'll affect more in that. But um, I think some of your decisions and like who you help and all of that affects the ending as far as who comes to help you during the final battles. Hmm. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. Um, it got to the point where I stopped paying attention to the story. Because <laughs> like, it just kind of... 
if I, there's a lot of capital letter nouns, you know what I mean? There's a lot to it. Yeah. And like early on, early on, I get kind of into it because I'm like, oh yeah, the idea of the Fey of the winter court versus the Fey of the summer court. Like, that's cool, you know? It sounds neat. It sounds mythological. Then you meet the Fey and they're just super yeah. elves. Yeah. The, oh, hold on. I have a description of the dog. So, one thing that I found was weird, and I know it's just because it's a choice that you have in the game, but when you are talking to uh, Alan, Alan Shear, I believe is her name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Let me pull up the screenshot. Yeah. Alan Shear, yeah, the the Dark Arfil. So, or Dark Arfil. I was playing as a Dakofar, and okay, so that's what she is. And you have a chance, you have a choice in the dialogue towards the end. I don't know when you might ask her anytime, but I asked her towards the end of the game about the Dakofar, and she this was her reply: "We are the charmed, the subtle, and the inspired. In happier days, we were the loftiest of mortal races. We despise open war." And then the next thing that she said was like, but yet here we are and it's been years and we've been at war with the Tuatha and we're just ready for this to finally basically be over. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool. And then that's that's it. That's all she says when you ask her about Dakofar. And it was just like, well, now I want to know more about them, but I have no way of knowing how to go about <laughs> finding out more about them. Maybe you can find R.A. Salvatore's 10,000 years of lore to read. Fuck, please, dude, yes. Like, so, I meant uh, again. I meant to bring this up earlier, and then we can touch on final thoughts and get into the ratings and all of that. But like, um, when they were making this game, this game was going to be something completely different. And then the, at like towards the last minute, it was actually going to be a three le- a three level condominium building. I don't know how it ended up being a video game. <laughs> not, not quite, but like Amalur was going to be their MMO, and that's and that's why he uh. you know did the ten thousand year backstory and all that jazz. And they decided to retool the single-player game they were working on to also be in the world of Amalur. So, like, this was going to be something completely different, and then they put it in as this. And I'm glad for it, honestly. Like, this game did not get the love that it deserves. It still doesn't get the love that it deserves, in my opinion. And I've said that a few times. I still think it's a really interesting peek at a cool, like, setting that had some growth to do but could have got there for sure. You could definitely see the MMO potential in the design choices just uh when you walk into a new yeah. area and there's a whole bunch of quests there or just being able to i guess i i was there's not a lot of armor customization but um just being able to specialize and kind of make your character the way you want yeah yeah and this was almost like borderlands level of loot at times <laughs> it's just so much of it yeah like, I, there was a time where like so i i went around eventually and went and bought all the backpack upgrades that i could that's smart so I could carry. I was carrying. I think I could carry 110 items, and I would be. I would have 80 on me because I would have all these named items that I'm like they're worse than what I have, but I don't want to get rid of them for some reason. Because you, do you know you have a treasure chest in your house that you, you can store them in? I found that out once I got that house. <laughs> yeah, which was more than halfway through my. Paper. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, I will say it did give you a lot of useless items though, because like you would have these fade blades you used, and like. Here's some crude steel fey blades. I bet you wanted these. <laughs> yeah. I almost wonder if those were like meant to be salvaged. Like they give those yeah. shields to you. So it's like get the parts from them if you can. But like, but even the parts you would get from those wouldn't be as good as the parts you would get from like the blues and the greens. Yeah. But the only thing is the way it works is you can never, no matter how good your skill is, you can never salvage purples and you can't salvage um, ye- uh, golds or yellows or whatever it is. Yeah. The legendaries. Yeah, yeah. The ones that are parts of a kit. Um, yeah. 
I think it was purple is unique and yellow is yeah, part of the kit. Right. The, uh, you mentioning that it, it lent itself to the MMO style with all the quests and stuff. It gave me very heavy World of Warcraft vibes when you would enter a, a new area and you would get all those exclamations on your mini-map. That was so mm-hmm. MMO, like uh, almost like a nostalgia trigger for me <laughs> of you know, the good old days of playing World of Warcraft back in the day before that game just, I don't know. Apparently that game's come all the way full circle and now is like going back to the way it used to be. I, I don't know. It's <laughs> fucking weird. I'm, I'm done with it though. <laughs> um, but yeah, you crest a hill and it's basically area discovered booty bay gained 200 experience yeah. points. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, when I was to the point where I was just on the back of my mount just flying around trying to discover new areas of maps because that was just, I didn't have anything else to do. That's when you know. It's like, all right, maybe it's time to give this game up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, final thoughts on Amler um, before we get into ratings. Anything that maybe, like, would you guys play a sequel? Oh, I did have one oh, other thing I wanted please. to complain about, which is just the the way the autosave works in this game is as capricious as anything else I've ever seen. Like, if you die, all of a sudden you're like, did it save two minutes ago or yeah. 20? <laughs> yeah. I didn't die yeah. while I played. Oh, your build must have been good. I should have just split <laughs> class, I, did not I guess. Die either, and I was playing on hard. I played on normal, but I don't know. <laughs> so, fun fact, I started the game on normal and then switched to hard so I could get that achievement. Ah. Uh, didn't count. No. Didn't count. So, I'll have to play through the game again. Oh, best believe I'm going to fucking cheat like a motherfucker next oh, time. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> load myself up and just golden path that game to get that fucking achievement and then so dude one of the things is you have to do a hundred parries jeez and I have two <laughs> I just don't use my shield <laughs> I don't use the shield either I liked carrying around the talismans because they looked the coolest they were like <laughs> where you would just throw them up and it was like a magical barrier yeah oh do talismans not parry oh, they, they, they parry but I'm just not good at the parry at all okay yeah. uh, one other point I want to bring up about the game was I thought that the skill tree in it was really well prepared. Like it was never confusing to me. Like it felt more like I was looking at a skill tree from like, like a dungeon crawler, honestly, like this game gave me some serious dungeon crawler vibes as I played it as well. And I just really liked the skill tree because it just didn't feel convoluted. There were three skills and then they each had a little couple branching, not a couple, but like five or six branching paths in them that were really easy to understand how everything upgraded and what it did. It wasn't like Skyrim was like, hmm, what should I pick out of these 25,000 options? And then the 17 options within those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They they definitely uh, like streamlined it, streamlined it, streamlined it where necessary. Yeah. I think that's one thing this game did well in general was streamlining things that needed to be streamlined. I actually really thought it was a good idea to separate the crafting and the the non-battle skills from the battle skills. And when you leveled up, you got to level up a non-fighting skill, and then you got to put points into your fighting skills. So you never felt like you were missing out or Mm -hmm. skimping on something just to power something else up that's a really good point yeah yeah you're never taking speech and thinking man i should have taken light weapons exactly you know Ooh, i have one more question that i just saw in my notes because i I finally scrolled down finishing moves anybody have any favorites of the uh the fate finishes one time i was 
<laughs> unarmed for some reason. Because like, remember when we were do when I set the achievement that I got to talk to somebody while streaking while we're not wearing any clothes. I accidentally yeah. got myself into a fight while I was completely butt naked <laughs> and had no weapons on. So all I did was I turned on the fates, did uh, the fate shift in it, and just beat the crap out of this. I think it was like a, I don't remember what it was. Like it was, maybe it might have been a brownie or something. Just beat it up, and then like when I did the final finishing move on it, where you know how you press the A button and you have to mash, he just grabbed it by the head, took it, and slammed it against a tree. It was like a Kiryu heat action. <laughs> <laughs> that's tremendous yeah the so the the fate kills um listeners are like you use them and then while you're doing the final little push it gives you a button mash prompt and that the higher you get that the more experience that you get it'll give you like 25 percent more 50 percent more 75 percent more or 100 percent more yeah that, that was my favorite finisher because it just reminded me of yakuza <laughs> It was very Yakuza-esque. Very, like, the, the few that jumped out to me was uh, the one where you would like, just like kick them and they would like, just kick them the fuck out of them in the gut and they'd fall to their knees and then you'd grab their fucking head and just snap their neck. <laughs> Boom. Um, the one where you would like hit them, like you would just like create fate. It would like create a spear or something or like a hammer and you would smash them yes. with it and then you would turn it into like a spike and throw the spike into the ground and then grab them and pick them up and just throw them and impale them onto this freaking spike um and then the other one that jumped out to me and then i'll ask some of the other ones because i'm i'm rambling but like the scythe one where you would create like i don't know if you don't remember if you kicked them down or if you created the scythe first and then you hit them and then you bring that thing around and you stick them in the gut and you just rip it like it's just Oh, they're epic. They're really epic and well animated. Again, going back to like the staff animations and stuff, all the combat stuff is really well animated. What about you, Willie? Do you have any finishers that you were like keen on? I liked the bow and arrow, and there was one where you like blast, like need them and then blast them like a dozen <laughs> times with like the bow and arrow, and then gave him a kick to the knee, like Shining Wizard style. Once was an adventure yeah. like you. Then he took a million arrows to the knee. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Michaela? So, there was one moment where I was fighting a rock troll, and I triggered fate, and he yes. got a lance. I pulled out just this lance, this, like, dragoon spear. Just got him right in the face, and just impaled him in the face with it. And as the rock troll fell to his death, he was grabbing his nose. So not only do I did I kill him... I denied him his final sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, man. Can you imagine? Brilliant. Like you're like, <gasps> and then you just die. And then it's just like, you never get, oh, that would be awful. What if, what if you had stuck with that feeling for eternity? Like you're just about to sneeze in death. Ugh, that'd be awful. So let's get into some ratings then, gentlemen. Uh, let's go ca- counterclockwise this time. So we'll start with Nate. Nate, what would you like to give this rating? Yeah, like I said, I think this is a really solid game. Like, everything about it was fun. I've enjoyed my time with it. I do plan on playing this more, especially on lighter weeks where we're not playing a big, more intensive game that I have to concentrate on. And a week that, um, you know, Sonic Frontiers and Pokemon Scarlet don't come out. So, <laughs> so no, I really enjoy this game a lot. And I think this deserves eight and a half fates out of ten weaves. 
Alrighty. Willie, what about you? Do you know what score I gave Fallout 3? That was a long time ago, my guy. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. I can tell I can tell you. We have a reference now, thanks to our super, okay. super awesome listener, Mr. Brian414. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't apply for access to the uh, doc. So oh, son of a uh, bitch. Yeah, me neither. I just requested. Okay, so we don't know yet. Well, I don't. we don't remember, yeah. Willie. So that's on you. <laughs> All right. I would assume I probably gave it something like an eight, and I would really like to back that off and say, in retrospect, that game was closer Ooh. to a six and a half. And this game is probably closer to the actual eight that I wanted okay. to give that. All right. Like, in retrospect, Fallout 3 was pretty rough. It did not age great. Uh, yeah. But I got it working, though. You did. Yeah, you did. I got it working. You did. That was... <laughs> I enjoyed doing the podcast. I don't think it was a good game anyway. Uh, Miguelo, what about you, bud? So, I would give it... Um, I, I'm probably in the same vein here, just because there are aspects of the game that I don't think really aged all that well. Um, menu systems, for one. Um, appearance, for another, but I was also playing on Switch, so that might be neither here nor there. So I would probably mirror same thing. Um, I would probably go eight lances to the face <laughs> out of uh, ten uh, death sneezes. Oh dang! I didn't give it a cute name. Uh, g- give me uh, eight tarot cards out of ten <laughs> super elves. All right. Um, so I everybody knows I really I really fucking yeah. like this game. Um, I've liked it for years. Um, but I also you know, except that it hasn't aged the best. And even when it came out, it had its flaws. You know what I mean? It's always had its flaws. Um, and it's not a perfect game, so I'm not going to give it a 10. Uh, nostalgia makes me want to give it a nine, but I'm going to take those nostalgia glasses off and admit that, you know, it has its flaws, but it's a great game. I'm going to give it eight and a half Allens out of 10 shears. <laughs> nice. That's good. Um, so yeah, that is Kingdoms of Amalur, and then that means uh, we'll be moving on to um, listener questions, correct? Or do we want to go ahead and cover next game? Uh, let's do listener questions first, then we can go through okay. there. Uh, kind of a light week and a couple of sarcastic bastards in the questions section this week, so let's roll on through them. <laughs> Our first question, this comes in from Adam. Was what's your favorite class in Kingdom of Amalur? Your favorite weapons, best side quests best piece of gear we kind of went over all that in the episode but just to make it quick on my end my favorite class was the rogue my favorite weapons were the knives specifically the ones i liked were called um shine and shadow which when i saw um mikhailov playing he was using the same knives that i'd been using so that was pretty cool and then my favorite side quest like i said was the one with the spiders in the town okay um I'll run through mine next. Uh, my favorite class is uh, Jack of All Trades. <laughs> uh, my favorite weapons are by far Chakrams. See, y'all made like, me want to try good. those because those look like pretty hypes. Like, I want to kind of do a mage class with staves and Chakrams next because I feel like that'd be really fun. Um, once you start getting higher level and stuff, dude, you can pump some of your skills into magic. And there is a like a, uh, like a higher tier and it's a combo of finesse and sorcery mm-hmm. that you get the blink that Willie had, but when you blink away from enemies, it hits them with a poison. Ooh. And it's fucking oh. so that sounds pretty cool. I might like if I get that, that far amazing. and I can spec into more stuff, I might do something like that. 
Yeah, it would definitely be worth checking out. Uh, but yeah, chakrams do. I like them because you can, if something's close to you, you can throw them and hit them. But also, if they're a decent ways away from you, you can use them to keep them away from you. Yeah, because I don't like the ranged weapon on my class. Like, I don't like the bow very much at all. Yeah. I, I recommend um, just pump some points into sorcery until you unlock the chakrams and then just dump points into the foes. Cool. And then uh, and then do that that far left skill tree yeah. that's like the uh, special abilities. Definitely do that because um, the so when you dodge roll with a chakram, you dodge roll and then if you use your move immediately, he like throws it out once and then he grabs, he, he throws it kind of upward and knocks the enemy into the air and then he takes both of them and throws them up and they spin and it hits the enemy in that the sounds, air and like juggles that them. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then there's uh there's one more where like, so I think all the weapons have this where if you hit the button and then delay and then hit it again, it does a different move. And the chakram ones is like you throw them and then if you delay when they come back to you and you hit it again, he jumps up in the air and just like slings them downward at the enemies. Boom. It's, it's sweet. Nice. They're great weapons. Um, best side quest. Probably. Oh, I mean, there's a bunch, but probably my favorite one is the wolf guy. It's just, yeah. that's the one that stands out to me or uh, helping the girl recreate the classic poem scene where you have to like gather the deer heads and stuff to summon the troll. That was a, cool yeah, I like that one. Um, best piece of gear. Uh, probably my chest plate of my chest plate of doom because it, it had 386 armor Jeez. did you take damage what <laughs> i didn't take a lot of damage at all no uh i i i did have like a good stack of potions but i i tended to not use them i tended to just pop over and use my healing spell yeah. and then just wait because by the time my mana was recharged up my spell was ready to go again so Let's see. What about uh, who wants to go to next? Willie or Mikolov? Uh, I'll go next. Uh, okay. So favorite class. Um, I I still like the the Arcanist. I think eventually, if I have more time, I think it's a Shadowcaster. I think I'll have some really good fun with that. Um, I just think getting to that point is is hard, just because you're you're very easily hit. Especially if you're a dummy like me and go through most of the game with blood curse. <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta agree that should heal. Well, plus I mean that's the lowest HP combination of two classes. You yeah, know? as I found, yeah. like you're you're inherently yeah. A I've been boy. finding myself getting one shot, two shot quite a bit, and mages don't really necessarily work in this game like they do in others. Like you can heal, but it's not something that you could do mid combat. So you need your potions. Uh. Favorite side quest, I think, is one that I haven't done yet. Uh, and that's the one where you are going to become the next uh, Fey hero. Because I walked into um, their town, and one of the first things I saw was them announcing the death of one of their great heroes. And they were going to have a contest to see who was next. And you just kind of show up, this like random mortal guy, and you're like, Hey, I, I, I want in. Uh, I want I want to do this too. And I didn't, I, I only accepted the quest. I just feel like that's going to be a great time. I'm in just the middle of that about, quest now. Is, is, is it going to cool. live up to expectations? I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, weapons. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with the same one that Nate had. The, the shade and, and, what was it? Shade and shadow or shade? Yeah, and, shadow, shine and shadow. 
Shide and Shadow, that was it. Um, the nice thing about those daggers is that they actually change their elemental properties based on whether it's daytime or nighttime. Mm-hmm. And um, I also have a set of chakrams that I crafted uh, that Nate named uh, Chakram Ew, E-W-E. Chakram which apparently is a babe you. joke. <laughs> Chakram you. My goodness. All right, what about you, Willie? Uh, I would say that, like, I didn't really experiment with the classes too much. I kind of went straight into, like, I started off with magic and decided I wanted to spec into the battle mage type thing pretty early on, so I kind of got locked into it. Um, my favorite weapon is, like, I after watching Mikhailov play with the chakrams, I really want to experiment with that, because that seems like it's a lot more fun than what most of what I was going with. But instead, I'll answer my least favorite weapon, which is I just could not get broadsword started up whatsoever. Like, it's just so easy for the enemy to interrupt you, and just, I couldn't get it working in any meaningful way. Even if I dodged an attack and started the attack, if there was more than one enemy, I was still going to get plastered before I could get it off, and just immediately it cancels your attack uh, animation. Uh, My favorite side quest was one where you get out to a a village, and uh, there's this lady who's looking for her boyfriend, and she believes that he's been turned into an antelope. And uh, I hope that's not one of the antelopes that I killed for that uh, other quest. <laughs> no, a very different one. Um, and eventually, you find a like. She basically says, you know, she grew up, you know, being told by her family about these changelings that can change people into animals, and that she saw an antelope carrying the necklace that her boyfriend had carried. And you find later on a pile of cooked meat with that necklace around it. And that isn't the end of that quest. There's still more twists after that. That sounds, that sounds really good. a pretty good, good quest. Uh, and uh, my favorite individual piece of gear was... Um, oh, God. Gotta be honest, I really got happy the first time I was able to just, like, upgrade any individual piece from, like, regular linen robe to oh now i have enough sorcery and i can use (laughs) fine linen robe like that little tiny difference just always cracked me up like it didn't look any different but my character was a little bit better and she knew it she's a little more comfortable yeah right this next question comes in from a real bastard (laughs) named wayward cross that's our paul corn uh joined us for the yakuza um zero episode not too long ago and his question is, if you were forced to write smutty fan fiction of one franchise, which one would you pick? And why is it Sonic, Nate? <laughs> well, here's the reason why it's Sonic, Paul. Because, as we all know, your wife is the world's greatest Sonic smutty fan fiction reader. So she would do all my audiobooks and we would make bank. There you go. The reason it's Sonic for Nate is because he's got to go fast. <laughs> I don't chuckle. I'd rather flex my muscles. <laughs> <laughs> don't put in those knuckles. Jesus Christ. Do either of you guys have an answer for that? I don't mind if you don't. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I do. I, I would like to uh, write fan fiction for either Final Fantasy or The Witcher. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. Geralt came upon this banshee, <laughs> and the ban- as the banshee screamed, he put his cock in her mouth. <laughs> Damn it! And he went, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Wail, banshee, Wail, Hallelujah. 
What about you, Mikolov? <laughs> I'm just gonna go completely into left field and say Skylanders. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'll love it. Nice. Toys to life. I mean, they got that bait. They got that flared base. You're good. It's safe. <laughs> Toys to life. That's all you have to say right there. Toys to life. Nice, 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 nice. And Willie is, I'm assuming, Doom Guy and Isabella. My, no, my, no, dude. That one of them is a dog, and the other one yeah, is a Doom Guy. That's rude. <laughs> no, if I was gonna, if I was gonna go with a dog and a guy, I would go with werewolves because werewolves is hot, and then both of them can become werewolves later on. And you got two werewolf dudes, and it's like now you got all the powers. <laughs> all right. This next one is a follow-up question from Kana, which is how would you get noticed in an oversaturated, smutty Sonic fan fiction market? I answered that in the last question. Chandra will read these, <laughs> and we will do audio books. Soft serve glass tables. I'm going to admit all my AO3s <laughs> as NFTs. All right. And then to round out this trifecta of amazing questions, this one comes in from Chandra herself. So follow-up questions about Nate's self-insert piss play Sonic fanfic. Why did you only hint at the Big the Cat slash Chaotix orgy and not commit to the scene? And was it cowardice? No, because I haven't secured the rights to get um, SBO, the chameleon, in it yet. Um, but once I get there, we'll be good to go. And I will be calling you about reading that for the audiobook. You secured Froggy, right? Yeah, Froggy and Big the Cat are good. It, it was just, it was all on SBO. I mean, what can you do? And let's not hector him about that. Was SBO Chaotix? Yeah, 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 he is. Okay. Yes, he was. SBO Vector and the other one. Yeah. All right. And this uh, question comes in from Kana. (laughs) So now we have normal questions that don't make your soul want to rescind (laughs) up into your butt sack. This is from Kana. So what is your favorite piece of video game lore? So... I was thinking about this, and one thing that really pops out to me is just, like, the entirety of the lore of the game, and Dalton's going to be mad I picked this before him, Control, just all the <laughs> all the different, like, SCP interactions in that game I thought were really, really neat, and the one that really stands out to me was the Rocking Horse, so, yeah, check that out, pretty cool stuff. So I'm just going to go back to my uh, crippling Final Fantasy addiction, I'm just going to say Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, just because everything that happens in this game ties back to this massive event that happened before the game started, and nobody really has any memories of what came before, but you end up, as you progress through the story, starting to uncover some of that. Um, Spoilers for, for the first expansion of that game. After you beat the main boss, you come across, like, a giant robot. It's it's Alexander, which is a Final Fantasy summon, but it's not your typical fight. Like you actually have to like go into all the different parts of Alexander, and as you're going through and you're you're beating these short little levels, you're getting this lore of these people that existed that nobody remembered. Or nobody really had any knowledge of. You're just like, oh, this is this is clearly their technology, and it's clearly not meant to behave properly. Um, but you like you learn a little bit more and a little bit more. And and one of the the great things about that particular scene is that you come to find out that like you could live inside the robot, 
And as you're walking through the dungeon, you see like living spaces just with windows and, and everything just inside the inside Alexander. That's cool. Oh, that raid. That raid's so cool. Hard as fuck, but cool. <laughs> I think I died at the last one like four <coughs> times before the battle ended. So I have a hardcore piece of lore for you gentlemen. Yeah. This comes from the le- the lore in Elder Scrolls. So there is a legend of... Oh, is this about Kim? Molog Ball? Let's go. Okay. Okay. So one legend about Molog Ball claims that he created the first vampire in the Elder Scrolls. Oh, this wasn't one of when he raped a Nidic virgin named Lamey Balefog, who in turn slaughtered a group of nomads because of it. Right, so he created the first vampire by raping him, which is fucked up. But not only that, you have to go through this ritual, and I'm pretty sure the ritual with Moloch Ball, if I remember right, is like you have to go through a bunch of humiliation and things like that, including uh, him shitting on you. What the hell? <laughs> Like Moloch Ball, so like he's he's got a bunch of nicknames. Like he's known. I don't know how this is your favorite. This seems like the worst. Yeah, but just because it's fucking hardcore that he's just such a piece of shit. Moloch Ball is just a piece of shit. Yikes! I, I hate this. This is this is. I, I would like um, to straight to state this is already my least favorite. Piece uh, of he's got like nicknames like the Harvester, the Lord of Corruption, the Tormentor of Men, uh, Lord of Troubles, the Prince of Schemes, the God of Brutality, the Sour of Strife. This reminds me of like the Book of Vile Darkness for Dungeons and Dragons second three and a half edition, where it was like just all of these like horrible we're adult now type things. Yeah. It was like just nasty, nasty, nasty myths about these characters. But like, I don't know. I've also like my fa- one of my favorite pieces of lore is the the White Gold Tower, which is in the center of the <clears throat> the um, Imperial City in Oblivion. It's just cool. And then the fact that uh, it was in then uh, Skyrim, trying to find things that will make you feel better about me bringing up Moleg Ball. Uh, the, the place that's uh, Dragon's Reach in Skyrim is that like that place. I did not realize how big Dragon's Reach was until I played Skyrim VR. And I walked into Dragon's Reach and looked up and was like, holy fucking shit. This place is huge. <laughs> and it's because it was used to capture a dragon back in the day. And that's why it's called Dragon's Reach. And I don't know. It's cool shit. I'm done. <laughs> uh, I might ask for an editing pass on that one. <laughs> so, what's the next question? Next question comes in for... Oh, Wait, can I, can I, can okay, I get a pick ahead. one? Oh, I thought you already said... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say um, uh, my favorite piece of lore in the video games is... Uh, it's either implied in the Doom 4 or Doom Eternal lore. And I'm not sure which one. but Because uh, I haven't actually played all of those games yet but it is implied deep in lore of one of the uh late 21st late 21st late to us 21st century doom games that uh at the end of doom 64 when doom guy chose to stick uh stick around in hell and like fight through all of those demons that were still left that he ended up trans going through every dimensions hell over and over and over again and that the implication of that is like every doom wad that anyone's ever made every like map that any fan has ever made anything that was ever created by some doom map creator was something that doom guy actually lived through and fought through in between becoming the doom slayer that's cool i like that I, i like when they bring in um like the fan verse and like make it a part of the thing like i believe star wars did that too at one point it's like everything is canon. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, right. Except the novels. Except the novels. 
and the comic the books. <laughs> Except the novels. No EU for you. All right, and this one comes in from Kana. And what is the game you are most excited to get to eventually playing for the show? Man. So that feels like asking it's us to not, spoil our I next don't things. I mean, I have an obvious answer, and everyone knows it, so I want to try to think of something other Persona than Persona 5 Royale? That would be it, sir. Yes. <laughs> There's, huh? That would be interesting. Honestly, Dragon Age. Me, I'm just edging myself so hard on this one. Because the game I'm most excited to get to is Yakuza Like a Dragon. So, we've got a ways to go before we can even begin to get there. There's so many games between where we are now and that game. So, that is Like a Dragon 7, and we're up to 2 is our next game, right? But we we did play 0 first, though. So, (laughs) it's not like we've only played one game. (laughs) So we're we're twenty five percent of the way there. Uh, I am really excited to get to Ultimate Doom. I don't know when I'm going to pick it. It's just going to be a pick whenever I don't I feel, feel like picking anything else. I'm a I don't know. Like I said, Dragon Age man. Like I I'm excited to see how you guys react to that, and that'll give us three games. And what's cool about that is you can carry your character over nice between the games, which is always something that I like. In like when you can carry it over and. Because you grow to love your characters, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Caleb, did you have an answer for this one? Uh, I guess it depends on if I'm coming back on again or not. Hey, you definitely can. Well, what's one you would What's one you would want to be on for, and what's one you would just like us to cover? Like, you can double so, dip on this one if you want. I think when you guys get to Inquisi- Dragon Age Inquisition, I think I would, I would either mm. play that alongside you or join you if you would have me. Um, just because I've played one and two three times each. Oh, wow. And I've never gotten through Inquisition. Wow. Huh. Dang. That's a thick boy, though. That's it, like an it is, game, and I think right? that's part of why I never finished it, is because one and two are, are manageable, and they're great stories, and then you hit three, and it's it's almost overwhelming. Can I, can I just say really quick that it's very refreshing to hear someone say that Dragon Age 2 is good? Because I also agree that Dragon Age 2 is a good game, but people fucking hate that game. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why. Oh, I enjoy it. It's not only does it like take place alongside one. I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but I just I adore the characters. I enjoy I adore the main character. Like I don't change anything about the main character. I do a Commander Shepard on it just because that character is awesome. Yeah. No, I I can totally get that for sure. Um and then so so what's one that you just want us to play oh let's see i don't have to listen oh go ahead like if you could if you could just listen to it and just kick your legs up and not have to deal with the game yourself have us play it for you oh that's interesting um i'm gonna go something weird uh forza horizon 5 fuck that game is good only that would be a really interesting. We haven't played anything Only like that. Only because for the show yet. it's not. So, it's something that I feel like if I start it, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole, and it's it's just going to be my only game for several months. But I'd like to hear more about it. Nice. I like that answer a lot. Yeah, and it's on Game Pass. I have one other answer, and this one is just because I want to. I want Nate to play it, and that is Dark Souls. The first one. Yeah, actually. I would feel like Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 3, or Elden Ring would be really, really good episodes. And I've thought about, like, I honestly thought about bringing Elden Ring up as my next game, but I think we we may have missed the iron being yeah, hot on that one. Touch. So, 
All right. And then this last question we have comes in from Adam. And what is a video game side quest you have never beaten and probably never will? I have an immediate gut reaction to that. And that is finding all the Koroks in Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Never going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. I, I also have one that is an immediate and it is in oblivion. I am never, ever giving that motherfucker the skeleton key back. Because once you get the skeleton key, opening locks ain't shit. <laughs> but if you give it back, then it's gone. You can't have it unless you, <clears throat> you know, uh, console, give it to yourself cheat wise, <laughs> which is um, player dot add item <laughs> space zero 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 b space one and that will give you one skeleton impressive yeah i put it in a lot (laughs) i love how you have that memorized dude i have a bunch of them uh if you do that same combo but if you replace the b with f it's gold and if you do uh, if you replace the b with a then it's just regular lock picks (laughs) yep there are certain things i do at the beginning of every playthrough and they're just burned into my brain. And that is give myself lockpicks and give myself some starting gold. Because, God damn it, I'm playing this game for the thousandth time. I'm not starting off as a poor urchin. <laughs> what about you guys? I'm also, I'm also going to go Skyrim. Uh, mostly because the last time I played Skyrim was actually on Switch. And I played as Link. Because you get his sword shield and, and shirt in that game. Or in that version. But I will never pick Stormcloaks or Imperials. I will always let them fight it out. Yeah. Like, I do not care about your politics. I just want to shoot some dragons. And you also will not find all the Koroks in that game either. No. I haven't found one. You know what? They're they're hiding. Yeah, ha, ha. You'll find me. The only reason I ever completed the Civil War was for the Chivo. That was it. Other than that, I didn't give a fuck. I'm like, the the Imperials are... Trying to stick their nose where it doesn't belong, and the Stormcloaks are racist bastards. It's like, it's a lose-lose. But, yeah, what can you do? What can you do? Do you have one, Willie? Uh, I didn't. It slipped my mind. Hold on. Honestly, uh, optional boss fights in RPGs. Like, I really don't have any interest in going back and fighting War Mech in Final Fantasy 1, or... You know, all the weapons in 7 and all of that. Like, I thought I did for a minute and I started to play it. I'm like, no, this isn't happening. This is, if I learn how to do it, I'm just going to be automating someone else's strategy. Like, it is just implementing someone else's playthrough. I am the tool and the tool is just in slow run. <laughs> yeah, I completely get that. The only game that I've done that in in a long time was Dragon Quest Eleven, And it's exactly like you said. I looked up the strategies to beat the optional bosses. It was not what I did on my own. Because I don't think I could have come up with the strategies to beat some of those on my own. Yeah. Part of me, and I would want to wait a couple years to do this for the show, wants to redo Dragon Quest Eleven, but all of us play it in the 2D 2D mode from yeah. the start, yeah, and just play through it like an old school game. I wouldn't be against it, and just to compare yeah. it, you know, <laughs> I think that'd be fun. <clears throat> well, I guess that's the end of the uh, question. Yeah, that's it. That is the mailbag for the week. So that brings us before we get into the house cleaning and thanking our guest. Uh, that brings us to our next game, which is going to be finally, finally the po- the fan poll pick. That it won. I don't remember when it won. Um, <gasps> does this mean I get to make a new poll? 
Yes. Oh my Violet. God. All right. Oh shit. Oh. Don't let it go to your head. I have, <laughs> I have tears in my eyes. So the last winner in the game that we're going to be playing next is American Truck Simulator. But that means that the winner of our poll that's been up since 7-7. July! <laughs> is near Automata. That's a big boy too, isn't it? Oh, wow. It Actually, let me look it up real quick. I do not think it's as long as you would think. I was expecting at least 40 hours on that. I'm going to say more than 25, less than 50, but I don't know exactly. So, <clears throat> I'm leaving a lot main of Main story, there. 21 oh, hours. That's uh, not bad at all. Main plus, main plus extras, 37. Completion, 61 and a half. It's, so I think the thing with Nier Automata is trying to see all the different endings there are. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, But yeah. So <clears throat> that's cool, man. So up next is American Truck Simulator. I know Jeff is happier than a pig in poop. Uh, he... Like was like, yeah, I'll check this game out, and then apparently that just like became his obsession, and he is now the American truck. That was his ultimate fishing simulator to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we're gonna probably have, uh, or not probably, we'll we'll have Jeff on uh, for American Truck Simulator, and then I believe the next episode after that, uh, he will be joining us, uh, much like Mikhailov did this week because he did uh, his chime in, and. None of us know what his pick is yet. So that's going to be interesting. Although, I think he said... The hint that he gave was, if we like it, it'll make us want to play the rest of the series. And I'm like, hmm, the fuck could that be? That's neither of the games I thought were the most likely then. But then, like, part of me also is probably thinking the same two games that you are. Yeah, but... That doesn't make any sense for either of those. So. <laughs> yeah, That's a good so, question. Well, we'll find out when we get there because he has a lot of time yes. to change his mind. Lord knows I, I waffle a lot before I make my picks. Mm, well, I pancake a lot so before good. I make mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I French toast a lot. Nobody crepes. Yeah, <laughs> you can so crepe. I want a crepe. <laughs> I crepe every morning. You can crepe They're if like you want. really, really flat pancakes. <laughs> my dad loves crepes. He makes them all the time. <laughs> nice. Sometimes, like, I'll randomly wake up some days and I'll just, like, walk out and just be, like, getting water or whatever. And he'll just be like, I made French toast. Or, he'll, like, I made crepes. They're in the fridge. And I'm just like, what the fuck? That, okay. Thank you. Um, so, anyways, it's time for some house cleaning. First and foremost. Actually, I'll get to that. If you would like to leave us a review, please do. Uh, leave us a five-star review on iTunes or give us a thumbs up on Spotify. It would help out quite a bit. And we would appreciate it. it. I used to plug our social media, but fuck social media. If you want to come join our Discord, it's bit.ly slash TSMP Discord. Uh, if you want to check out the website, it's bit.ly slash the Steam Machine Podcast, all capitalized phonetically. Um, if you'd like to join the Patreon and be a wonderful, wonderful person and donate to the show, it is patreon.com slash the Steam Machine Podcast. And if you donate $10 or more, uh, you get a shout out each and every episode like these wonderful people. Nate Sarkogsworth, the seventh of the Juniper. Jeff, the original expendable Mr. Syllables. Old grumpy man, Jeffy Lube himself. Arisa Adam. Shout out to his podcast, Revival and Extinction. James, the Steam Machine Hall, Monitor Hall. And Team Retrog. Make a love. Check him out on YouTube. You guys rock. Uh, also, if you'd like to hear more of me, you can catch me uh, weekly on Yab's Pod, yet another BS podcast, where me and Jeremy shoot the shit for a few hours. Actually, lately, it's been a couple hours. 
hasn't been a few it's been a couple (laughs) and uh also shout out to the jrpg report my weekly and sometimes bi-weekly jrpg report uh news show that one's family friendly you can listen to that one around the kids i promise uh if you'd like a shirt tsmpproductions.threadless.com uh if you hell you can get underwear shoes you can get a backpack you can get whatever you want with our logo on it uh and more stuff coming soon on there as well uh if you like our music for the show check me out on bandcamp nilethenightmare.bandcamp.com again if you leave us a five-star review that'd be sweet nate you no longer really have anything to plug no, right i'm good uh well i'll do willie, one plug something. check out team retro oh, on youtube all right and willie do you have anything you'd like to plug that team retro gets spelled as if you combine retro like retro game with rogue is in rogue like retro i also would like to give a shout out to orion my favorite constellation all right and make a log go ahead plug your stuff again buddy oh that team retro guy i'm hearing uh, some good things about him so check check him out uh i don't know the address but just search up team retro on youtube you'll you'll come across it all right and i do believe uh, and if yes yes i do have it so in the episode description um a link to his youtube channel should be hyperlinked so you can just click that and it should take you over there so yeah um so next time we come at you guys we're gonna have on our trucker hats Yeehaw. we're gonna have our dips in and we're gonna be in a we're gonna have ourselves convoy Yee-hoo! till next time they're the destructo bros thank you for joining us Love, and as always guys 10-4. 10-4, good buddy. 10-4, rubber ducky. Breaker, breaker. One-niner. One-niner.